This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Government versus the Robots, a fortnightly podcast that takes a look at how technology will influence politics in the future. I'm Jonathan Tanner. And this week, we're going to be taking a look at one of the most interesting political phenomena to emerge in the UK since Brexit. More United is a cross-party collection of citizens and MPs committed to a shared set of values which are all about trying to build a better Britain. They've sent volunteers to by-elections, backed candidates in general elections and are starting to influence the agenda in the UK's Parliament. I sat down with their CEO, Bess Mayhew, to find out what the secret's been to their growing influence how hard it was to get more United started, what we can expect from technology when it comes to trying to inform citizens about the political decisions they can take, and what more United might be up to by the next time Britain goes to the polls. My name is Bess Mayhew, and I am CEO of More United. And what's More United? Uh, So More United is a political movement started about 18 months ago with a view to making politics less extreme, less divisive, less tribal, and at the same time giving ordinary voters, people like you and me, a much more direct route of impact to uh, political outcomes. Cool. And before we start talking about More United and that kind of journey to impact... Maybe you can tell us a little bit about, maybe we can find out a little bit about Best before we find out about More United. So I was going to ask if you could tell me what your first kind of political memory is. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I was six and at the end of term, our teacher gave us a test. I remember there were a hundred questions on it uh, and I was very, very competitive as a child and I think I got you know 90 out of a hundred the only question I remember that I got wrong was not knowing who the Prime Minister of the day was, which was John Major at the time. And I vowed to myself from that moment onwards, I would always know who the Prime Minister of the day was. That is my first memory. Arguably the most forgettable Prime Minister of the last 25 years. So in, not some, for ways, me. in some ways you could be forgiven. <laughs> not for me. Um, and when did you move from kind of having that first political memory to first kind of thinking about actively participating in politics? Um, I think we, I was grew up in quite a political household. My mum is a conservative councillor my dad sort of intermittently voted Labour and so kind of political debate was quite a hot topic in my family so I did the only sensible thing and um, worked for the Liberal Democrats for a few years to avoid any family conflict. And did you find that was that kind of when you started doing that were you excited about politics and kind of thought it was? 
a little bit. I kind of just got into it by accident, really. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, and a sort of internship opportunity came up. Hey, I, I might like to add, an uh, internship opportunity came up, and I just thought, why not have, have a go? And then it kind of infects you, I guess, and you start to think much more deeply about politics and the problems that Britain faces and possible solutions. Um, and it just, just sort of built from there, I guess. And when did you first kind of start to feel, because obviously you're not working for the Liberal Democrats anymore. No. Uh, so when did you first start to kind of feel a bit frustrated with the status quo? I think it's been building for a long time, actually. I think uh, politics has been broken for a very, very long time. And the last couple of years, it's really started to show and sort of crack at the seams. Um, for me, the last two years was the biggest impact was actually not Brexit referendum itself, which is for many people was a big sort of wake up call. Um, but it was the immediate aftermath when we started to have kind of hate crime and violence on our streets. And I just thought this doesn't seem like the Britain that I know. Um, and we really need to do something about it. And you felt that party politics might not be the answer? A party politics definitely has a role to play. Um, I think that role has been far too dominant over the last few years, well, decades even, and has become increasingly so as the parties have kind of got smaller. And I know there's been a bit of a surge with Labour recently, but the trend is still a downward one. Only uh, 1.5% of people are party members. Um, So 98.5% of people have chosen not to be. And those 98.5% don't not care or not want to do anything. They just, for them, party politics isn't how they want to engage. You know, they don't want to sign up kind of lock, stock and barrel to an entire ideology. They want a bit of that, a little bit of the other. Um, it's, I guess it's kind of like, I don't know, signing up to Netflix and saying, OK, well, you're only allowed to watch action films. You, that's all you're allowed to do. And we're going to throw a bit of horror in there. And you don't like horror, but, you know, you've got to get on with that. You've got to sign up to the whole package. Um people just don't behave like that anymore um and i feel that it's really important that we give people a way to actually engage with politics on their terms that doesn't require them to sign up to this entire party system that they don't quite feel works for them so that's possibly a nice point to segue into me asking Mm. you about the the kind of can you tell me about the first conversation you had where what is now more united started to be an idea that was coming together I honestly, there wasn't a single conversation. It wasn't like a sort of eureka moment. Um, few people um, I knew and people I were kind of introduced to started to have conversations about what we could do to try and stop this vitriolic tribal dominance taking over everything um, associated with politics and also give people a real sense of impact. And we just kind of hit upon this idea of crowdfunding from people all over the country to help elect MPs from different parties who all signed up to a particular set of kind of values that we held. And it maybe now that we've done it, it doesn't seem like much, but at the time we felt it was quite a different way of doing things. Um, And it gave people that sense that they could do something about politics that didn't require them to identify with a particular party. They could identify with a particular set of values and MPs who supported those values from all different parties. And did you arrive at the crowdfunding idea kind of immediately or was there kind of, you know, was it a journey to realising that that actually was a was possibly a game-changing way of doing things? Um, the crowdfunding idea we, we came up with actually quite quickly. Um, the guy um, who has now, now joined our board uh, called Austin came up with that particular idea. But actually the journey we've gone on since the election last year is much more interesting and much more exciting. And I think the plans that we now have and what we've started to do since our crowdfund uh, at the election 
is starting to get a lot more interesting and I think could have an even bigger impact than we originally anticipated. Cool. So before I ask you about that, yeah, I, I, keen, I wanted to give you the space keen, to ask me about that. I am that. keen to do. Tell me a little bit about how how you managed to get something started because there's a there's one of the questions that I like to ask guests on this podcast is around kind of how to make a difference and mm. how have you, you know how have you seen change happen in the world? And presumably, you know, this has gone from being a few people with an idea to over 100,000 people actively mm. living out an idea. So tell me about some of the times when you thought, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere. And tell me about some of the times when you were like, oh, this is this is brilliant. I feel like we're really making progress. I could definitely answer the second one uh, much, much more easily. The election, really. We went into this, the election, being told by sort of uh, political experts that no MP would ever sign up to any of our values because the idea of a cross-party crowdfund just was totally abhorrent to everyone. Um, and so we went in thinking, oh gosh, well maybe you know, maybe we have got it wrong. But we had, I think, 50 candidates sign up um, and receive funding. Uh, 34 of those candidates from four different parties were elected. And we actually did some analysis after the election which showed that there was a correlation between the MPs we supported and the increase in their swing compared to MPs we didn't support. I can't pretend that correlation was entirely related to us, but it certainly is a positive correlation. And then that was when we realised, actually, this is already making a difference. We're, we were only a year in at the time, and there was a huge, really untapped potential there, and we'd only just begun to realise it. That was certainly the most exciting. And what, what, okay, what, were the, what were some of the biggest hurdles to overcome, the ones that took weeks or months rather than were able to resolve in a few days? Well, it's the same with every organisation. Things always take kind of longer than you hope and plan and expect. Um, and there are problems on the way that you don't foresee and you have to kind of pivot and change. Um, nothing really political, more to do with just, you know, any startup has a whole lot of hurdles they have to overcome. You're starting an entire organisation from scratch and that means everything from your overall vision and strategy right down to who takes out the bins is like has to be thought through and all of that comes with kind of hurdles that you have to overcome. But no political barriers that we've seen so far. And in the kind of logistical barriers, yeah. do you feel like you, what do you feel you've learned from kind of getting those out of the way? Well, I've sort of learned that I've become an entrepreneur, which I never thought in a million years I would be, never thought I could be. And I think there's a huge amount. I mean, we've seen massive growth of startups in the UK and elsewhere in the last few years. And it's this really scary thing for many people to contemplate the idea of starting your own business. But actually, when you get down to it, there's loads of information out there about how to do it. And people are always willing to share their own experiences. Um, now, I think I can't believe I was ever scared of starting something up myself um and i wish more people felt like that and so tell me a little bit about the the kind of journey of impact that you've had so far you've mentioned the, the increase in swing in elections where more united have been involved i know you've been actively involved in some of the recent by-elections as well um tell me a bit about what's already happened and a bit about what's what's coming yeah so obviously there's election as you mentioned the most exciting thing we've had very recently uh was one of our our first big campaign um as an organization where we wanted to get a debate in Parliament held on the impact of Brexit on the NHS, because obviously, uh, you know, Brexit is a very vitriolic and uh, divisive issue. But we do know that whether you voted leave or whether you voted remain, you don't want Brexit to damage the NHS. Uh, and it just wasn't something that was being talked about. There's been no debate in Parliament, no questions, nothing. So we got our 100,000 supporters to write emails asking to their MPs 
whether or not they would make a kind of formal request for a debate. That was a very, very, as you can imagine, archaic process for debate requests. But what we did know is that the more MPs you have signed up to that kind of formal request from more parties, the likelier it is that your request will be accepted. So in the end, we got 46 MPs from five different parties to add their names to this request. And then two weeks ago, the debate actually took place. And that was really, really exciting because it's the, something we could point to that absolutely wouldn't have happened without us and our supporters um, and showed that getting MPs doing things together across different parties actually can make a difference in Parliament. Yes, getting a debate is, relatively speaking, in the grand scheme of things, quite small, but there's loads more we want to do and bigger and bigger things um, that we want to make an impact on in the future. And that's, for me, a really exciting part of why we exist and uh, how we can make an impact going forward. I think anyone who's ever dealt with the uh, Byzantine ways of the table office will say that getting a debate secured isn't necessarily a small deal. So congratulations. Yes, yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. Uh, It felt hard at the time. (laughs) So what's around the corner? More campaigns like the one we just ran. Uh, We want to have more successes right now, focusing on things we can actually achieve right now in Parliament getting more MPs, um, just linking them up across different parties and and giving them the opportunity to work together, giving those MPs more support, more crowdfunding, more volunteers. Um, thing I haven't mentioned is we had about a thousand volunteers out during the election and just adding kind of more power to their elbow to actually make things happen. Also, as I'm sure you'll be very interested in, uh, given the title of this podcast, we've got some really great tech plans. There is an absolute gaping black hole when it comes to political activation and tech um, and that's something we want to try and fill at least in part and I think that will make it make politics much more relevant to most people who spend time on their phones and on their laptops. And is that about how you use technology to engage with citizens or is it about the kind of way that technology is affecting the lives of citizens and therefore affecting political decisions? Um, well certainly a bit of both. I, mean, I was talking mostly about the former, how we can basically link people up with politicians to make things happen that they both want to ha- want to see happen. You know Politicians have power in Parliament to change laws, to vote on bills, to table amendments. People have power outside Parliament, you know, mass movements, crowdfunding, participation. They've never really been linked together outside the party system. And so we want to use technology to actually link those two things up. So if you care about an issue, you can find MPs who care about the same issue. Um, You can see what they're doing in Parliament to make it happen. And you can find out ways in which you can help them, whether that's through volunteering, raising money, or just adding your voice on social media. So, is this a, so I, when I used to work in Parliament, the main site that did things like this was called They Work For You, um, which sort of feels like a little bit like a kind of relic of the past, but perhaps this is a They Work For You yeah. 2 or 3.0. So they Work For You do some really fantastic things, like pretty, at the, at the time, really groundbreaking stuff. And you know things like 38 Degrees and Change.org have also done really amazing things too i think we kind of want to take those a little step further and it's difficult you know if you're a busy person with a job and family to find time and you care about politics to find time to learn about it and understand exactly what the levers are you know which bill of has the mp's got to vote for what amendment opportunities are that i mean i as an ordinary citizen you'd have no real idea so we work for you is great in giving people that sort of information about MPs, but it doesn't quite steer people into a, well, and here's what you can do about it. That's not their job, their role, and you know that that's absolutely fine. And then 38 Degrees and Change.org do do a lot of that, but they don't work with MPs in the same way that we want to to make those things happen. So we kind of want to link the two together, um, give people something they can do tangibly that will have an impact, 
and make sure that they are linked up with MPs who are delivering that impact in Parliament. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And people who listen to this podcast regularly will have heard people talking about how fake news is kind of just the beginning and once mm. we've got VR fake reality starts to become a problem or thinking about how people might be able to use artificial intelligence to create bespoke political adverts for every single voter um, and some stuff that feels quite it feels quite scary but equally it's kind of gonna happen so we we don't we shouldn't be scared we just kind of need to think about how we're going to make the most of it there is a gap a big gap in how government is thinking about regulating a lot of this stuff do you think that technology um, and regulation of technology is something that more United members would be interested in exploring? Definitely. I mean, I can't speak for them because they you know, dictate sort of what we do um, and it's their kind of movement. It's it's not mine. But I could imagine absolutely being an issue um, that people want to campaign on. And it's, as you say, really, really complicated, particularly the regulation of it. But we've got we've to do it. And, dare I say, it's something that Britain can't solve by itself. It's an international issue and we've got to work with other countries too to make that happen and demand that the government does so. So you mentioned that you're working with MPs in a different way. Can you tell me some of the MPs you're working with? Yeah, well, they're on our website. Uh, there are 34 of them in total. We've got from four different parties, Labour, Conservative, Lib Dem and Green. No prizes for guessing who the Green is. And um, all of them have signed up to our values. They've sort of written a statement saying they sign up to them. Um, Almost all of them received uh, funding at the election and volunteers and have agreed to kind of pick issues that they care about and help us achieve them. I think I probably I may get a prize for knowing who the Conservative is yes, as well. But yes. I, I am interested to know, um, and for anyone who's wondering and can't work it out, it's Anna Subri. Yeah. I'm interested to know whether informally, without naming names, there are MPs who might in principle be interested in being involved but are kind of worried about how, what that might do for party allegiances mm. and their relationships within their party. Yeah and it's a it's a real big concern because parties are still really important we don't want to do anything that uh, you know damages individual parties we are totally a non-partisan organisation we don't really care um, but actually I haven't yet come across and I can honestly say I haven't yet come across a single MP who's been worried about that I think when I talked to them about what we're offering and this is what I was doing at the election, they just totally got it straight away and thought, you know, actually, yes, I have my party and I still support them and engage with party members and all that sort of stuff. But there are so many other people who, who care too and I want to help 
them have an impact in politics as well as my party members and as well as my fellow MPs. So it just hasn't really come up. It might come up, but it hasn't come up yet. But also the kind of MPs you want to work with, uh, the kind of MPs who don't mind working cross-party to achieve things anyway. So it's sort of, they're a self-selecting bunch. And so presumably, I mean, if, if, if it was just that offer and it was that straightforward, I think this is, at last I knew the number, there were 659 constituencies yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Um, and there would be 659 members. So presumably it's a it's a clash of values that prevents some MPs from wanting to engage. Are there any other reasons? Do you think, uh, to hypothesise without naming names? Well, a clash in values, definitely. If they don't agree with our values, we can't work with them and can't support them. And as I said, for some MPs, the tribal politics is just too overwhelming and they're not the kinds of MPs we'd probably want to work with anyway. Um, I can't, honestly, I can't even, I can't think no, if there's any reason why, I'm trying to put myself in the feet of an MP, why, why you wouldn't want to other than not agree with our values. Or be too scared of the whips. I'll say that. You you can't. I will. Um, well, I guess that ties into some of the tribal tribal politics, doesn't it? So talking about your values, um, I think, do you have, is it four or five, five values? Five values. Do you want to tell us what they are? Yes. Um, well, there's a longer version on our site if people want to read them. Uh, but opportunity and uh, closing the gap between rich and poor, protecting the environment, being sort of tolerant, open country, um, breaking down international borders, not raising them, and uh, democracy and making sure that our democracy is fit for the 21st century. And how did you arrive at those? So that was the the founding team. There were quite a significant group of us, and we had about sort of 15 people from public life who kind of added their name. We call them the our sort of conveners, I guess. They added their name um, to our launch to indicate that their support, and we all sort of worked on those together. And are they something that are kind of set in stone as yes. the kind of rudiments of More United and will never be revisited, or is it something that may change over time? Or So possibly there might be one word here or there that we change, but absolutely they're rooted in stone. We can't change our values. We can change the policies we have or the campaigns we work on, the MPs we work with, um, but I feel if we change our values, we're betraying our sort of morals. Maybe I'll have a you know total moral awakening at a different point, but uh, for now, I mean, they are totally fixed and it wouldn't be more united if we didn't have them. It would be something else. And More United is now a cast of thousands. How do you tend to communicate with members? Both online and offline. Obviously, online, we can reach more people more quickly, but uh, email and social media and our website, obviously. Um, we've held quite a number of events around the country and definitely want to do more of them because it's just great to, to go and meet people face to face and hear what they what their experience has been of More United, what their experience of politics is generally and what they want to do and I don't think if we if we hadn't done that we'd have never have come up with our model now about working with MPs on different campaigns because by speaking to people we realized the problems that they had with politics and the gap there was between uh, the ordinary citizen and the ability for individual citizens or groups of citizens to make p- political change and certainly it wasn't a very visible or tangible line between me taking an action as a citizen and some change happening somewhere. And that's sort of what we've been trying to fix with the by working with MPs on campaigns. And for people who are listening and who are who who actively think about political engagement, which channels have you found have been most useful or what do you think has changed in particular channels in the last couple of years so um, obviously there was a a real push to email and getting Mm. stuff straight into people's inboxes people are questioning whether social media has the same kind of vitality that it did a while ago what do you think is what's working for you just specifically online 
yeah so email is always i mean i've had a lot of experience in digital communications inside and outside politics and email works better than anything else i know people are bored of emails and sometimes they just delete them but it is still the case that that is the single best way of communicating with people um but you definitely shouldn't use it alone uh you know social media is really important not quite in the last couple of years but maybe the last five years video content has become so important and particularly in politics people have just failed to embrace that um it tends to cost more to produce videos and i think that's why people are scared of using them but you know looking at momentum for example they've done amazing things with videos um really impressive communications that have mobilize people and it's just it's not really one thing or the other it's just a combination of things and trying as much as possible to stay up to speed with the trends and what people are listening to i remember a few few years ago it was snapchat was the biggest trend and everyone had to get into snapchat and now it's sort of i don't know what the next big thing is podcast like podcast podcast listening exactly (laughs) exactly um the what what does the average is there such a thing as the average more united supporter or member there really isn't actually they all agree with our values uh, that's obvious but 80 percent are outside london 80 percent are not members of a party and have never been a member of a party um they vote all different ways they're all different ages i'm afraid there just isn't a typical moina supporter i'm really interested to know about i would be really interested to know you may not about what their experience of public discourse is because it seems to me that as as you've kind of talked about the type of mp that would be willing to work constructively with more united they're interested in impact rather than kind of tribal politics potentially and i presume that that is echoed to some degree in the membership and the supporters and in a country which is increasingly um at odds with itself online and kind of conversations getting much more emotional is it right do you think of me to assume that more united members might be the more rational and slightly less antagonistic people in conversation i would obviously say definitely (laughs) our members are wonderful people um yeah no i think that is is probably true but i don't think that's unusual i think that the vast 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 majority of people in britain are like reasonable you know open-minded polite people who just want to have a you know if they if they want to do anything about politics at all they just want to have a discussion and work out the best solution unfortunately um the most vitriolic voices the most divisive voices tend to shout the loudest and we sort of hold our people hold their if they have extreme views on an issue they hold them quite extremely and it kind of drowns out what i think is the vast majority of people who are sensible positive people who just want to make things happen social media has massively amplified that and i honestly don't have the solution to dealing with that um i'm sure smarter people than i i am uh, do but it's just a increasingly unpleasant environment for many people to participate in and that's probably why they shy away from it even though far more people don't like it than do so in the offline world or irl as the kids say uh where can you go for sensible kind of mediated political conversation Actually, if you um, if you really want a sensible political conversation, just talk to your mates or family. Certainly in my experience, I have the best political conversations when I'm talking to people I know because not, not necessarily like that you all have to be from the same background or agree. You know, you want to bring people into the conversation who don't agree with you. But, you know, I've got, I've voted Remain, for example, but I've got plenty of people I know who voted Leave. And I actually find the best discussions I have with them are not... F- aggressive not fighting but just trying to both of us sit back and sort of understand why we have different viewpoints and actually you might start to see uh, a different side 
You're not the first person to say that talking to people is the most I'm not. straightforward it's way. Not I don't, that's not a, not a criticism, <laughs> actually. It's more an observation that um, whenever I've asked guests on the show, kind of, you know, really, how do you cut through all the mm. social media noise and the kind of increasingly angry public conversation their answer has been just go and talk to it people is, and if you do it on a rake on a regular basis you do realize that that is that is really the answer and it's terribly time consuming and difficult to get around everybody um of course but the more people who try it the easier it'll be to bring more people into the conversation and so there's elections, local elections coming up in May. Is that something more United are involved in now? We uh, don't get involved in local elections. Uh, at the moment, we're just looking, looking at Westminster elections. Do you do do your members do conversations on the doorstep, as it were? Yeah, they have done. Um, in, in the election was our biggest uh, sort of push for volunteers. So as we had about a thousand people go out and everything from sort of door knocking to leafleting to admin support, all sorts of things. And what are the plans, if any, for kind of the next general election? The last one was sprung upon all of us without too much notice, which yes. I suspect was a bit of a challenge for you. But hopefully there'll be a bit more time to think about the next one. Um, yes, I mean, there hopefully will be more time. Uh, you, know, you can always have a, an election sprung on you when you don't expect it. But more of the same, really, you know, working with more MPs, uh, bringing on more supporters, raising more money to help those MPs. I think we uh, had a fantastic election last year um, in terms of the outcome, particularly, as I said before, about the uh, negative um, assumptions that many political experts had made about us. Uh, we just want to keep going and do more and make more of a difference and give even more people the sense that there is something they can do if they're fed up with politics. And on that something you can do, can you finish perhaps by uh, painting me a quick picture of what you hope More United is able to equip its members and supporters yeah. to do at the next election? Um, well, I want to, not just at the next election, like kind of forever. And I think part of the problem is we wait five years for an election. And so people only feel they have a real impact every five years. And even then you might you know, be in a safe seat and your vote doesn't really matter. So actually, I want to say to people in the future, doesn't matter where we are in the election cycle, doesn't matter where you live, if you live in a safe seat, if you've got a useless MP who doesn't listen to you, if you don't agree with anything he or she says, doesn't matter how you vote, uh, doesn't matter whether you vote Conservative, Labour, whatever. If you agree with the values that More United holds, there is something that you can do that is going to make a difference and going to help get Britain towards achieving those values. And you don't have to sign up to a party, you don't have to declare who you vote for, but you are going to have a real impact because we're going to link you up with the politicians who do agree with you and can make a difference on your behalf. Bess, uh, people listening won't know this, but spring has sprung outside, so I'm especially grateful to you for spending time sat in a gloomy basement this morning. Um, Not at all, thank you. That's all from Government versus the Robots this week. I hope you've got your political fix. Thanks again to Sky Redman for her help with the production and editing of this podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight, but in the meantime, if you've enjoyed this episode, have a listen to some of our previous episodes, subscribe to the feed, tell your friends about it, or tweet about it, where you can find us at Government versus the Robots. That's at G-O-V-T underscore V-S underscore Robots. <laughs>